There are all kinds of creatures in the Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual, but we don't think it's fair to label them all as monsters. Well, some of them might be really nice. Maybe even new best friend kind of nice. So each episode, we look at a new entry and decide once and for all, are they fiends or are they friends? Welcome to Monster Friends. This week, we make friends with Duergar or Dwergar. Damn it, Kyle. What? Your fucking gambit fell over again. Oh, I know. No, it didn't fall over again. Gambit just lives on his side now. Oh. My Funko Pop Gambit uh, keeps falling over. He's too top heavy. I had to glue his his cards back into his hand several <laughs> so times. Sad. And now he just sleeps all day on my shelf because <laughs> he can't stand up. We haven't bought a stand yet. He's too drunk. I don't even, I was looking at stands. So if anyone knows if we can find a stand anywhere, that'd be great. Literally, I think I'm just going to get some Play-Doh and stick his feet in Play-Doh. What could go wrong? What are we doing today? What is this podcast called? Monster Friends? Yeah. Beans? Interesting. This week's, this week's creature kind of has the stature of a Funko Pop. Yeah, kind of. I have decided I'm going to do some deductive reasoning here. Sure. Okay. So I see a big hammer. You see a big hammer. Big hammer. Sick armor. Sick armor. Dead eyes. Yep, dead eyes. Sweet beard. Very sweet beard. Gimli meets Santa Claus. Pretty much. I named him an ice dwarf. An ice dwarf? Ice dwarf. Yeah, I mean... The ice is silent because we're still in D. Oh, okay, yeah, true. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good guess. You're right. Uh, Dwarf. Definitely a dwarf. Definitely a dwarf. Um, you're basically you're basically a slightly lower tiered Sherlock with that deductive reasoning. Thank Cause, you. Because you got to the right almost conclusion, but just a little bit off. That's my life summed up in a sentence. But yeah, I mean, everybody listening, just picture a dwarf, uh, then tint their skin blue gray, and then give him a big white beard, and yeah. he's bald. It's uh, Santa. It's it's Santa dwarf. It's uh, but they are not ice. They are not ice related. He um, just looks cold. He does look cold. He looks cold. like he has permanent frostbite. It's because he lives in the underdark. Oh, bummer. Yeah, so they don't get a lot of sun. They don't get a lot of sun down there, do they? He's got, yeah, he's got some cool ass armor, cool ass hammer, lots of spiky spikes. Going through a punk phase, maybe. Maybe. But like Hot Topic punk. I think it's a little bit more, he's a little bit more into it than just Hot Topic. Okay, Etsy punk. (laughs) Yeah, okay, he can be Etsy punk. At least he put a little more effort into being punk. Are you supposed to put more effort into being punk or less effort into being punk? I think the least amount of effort you can put into it, I think, is the idea. I think I screwed up being punk. I Well, but then, you know, you have to use all the safety pins. It's really complicated. Yeah. I think as long as it doesn't I'm never going like... to buy safety pins. That feels not punk. Yeah. I think if it's, as long as it looks like you didn't buy anything from a store. Like you found those safety pins foraging through yeah. Michael's. You didn't that buy them. Said, I'm also not going to shoplift safety pins. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not like, saying all punks are shoplifters. That's even worse than buying sh- safety pins. But I was a punk once and I shoplifted them. <laughs> Just kidding. So, I was a hipster. You name this an ice dwarf. Yeah. Uh, not quite. It is a dwarf. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple ways to pronounce this. I've always pronounced it like when I was reading it. That's the first way I encountered the name of this creature. I uh, was reading it for years before I heard anyone say it. I always pronounced it Duergar. Uh, but then I've heard it pronounced Dwergar. And then I've also heard one guy call it a Durger, like a burger. Like you want you want a cheese Durger and fries? And I'm like, okay, buddy, that's definitely wrong. But the other two, I don't know. Cheese Durger and French fries. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've seen fights break out about whether it's Durgar or Dwergar or a couple other like Almost similar pronunciations, but like, but you're not saying it with the accent. You're like, it's a made up word. There's no accent. So what we should do is just switch between all of the pronunciations throughout this whole thing. I mean, that's probably what I'm going to do because I like Duergar more, but Duergar is way easier to say. Yeah. But it turns out that both of those pronunciations are correct. I uh, watched an interview with Chris Perkins. Yeah. uh, Who is the, like story designer at wizards of the coast or something like that yeah he's been around doing D stuff for friggin years so he knows things about things and he was like yeah either are fine both are correct i don't care and i was like oh okay so all of the fights are worthless uh but yeah i'll probably end up switching back and forth because ease of speaking is high on my list of priorities when it comes to pronouncing <laughs> words um okay i got some stats for him sure yeah Dex minus one point for chubby fingers. Okay. Uh, Constitution, I wrote cookies and milk. (laughs) So, yes. Strength, I wrote soul. (laughs) He is soul. Look at that guy. Uh, For intelligence, I wrote um, all seeing, all knowing. Plus, he has all those elves on the shelf spying for him. Oh, right, because you thought he was Santa Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, Charisma, I wrote, I saw mommy kissing Duergar. <laughs> and for Wisdom, I wrote, he's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Okay. Before we before I do this, I just realized the Duergar, and now you're saying, like, he looks like Santa Claus. Uh, he he kind of looks like a short, stocky version of Bill Goldberg, the wrestler, when he played Santa in the movie Santa's Slay, which is a horror movie about Santa killing people because Satan or whatever. Uh, It's a great movie. I would highly recommend it, but he's a little bit like that. Uh, Anyway, this dwarf would not be caught kissing anyone. Uh, Negative charisma. Nobody is going to get on board with anything this dwarf has to say. You know what? Sometimes men who don't speak are the most covetable men of all. I mean, it's possible. But once we sort of go into their lore, you'll probably be like, oh, it's that kind of negative charisma. Not just like, oh, you don't talk. Zero bonuses to wisdom or intelligence or dexterity. Uh, He will not be finding out who's naughty or nice. He thinks everyone's naughty. Um, But constitution and strength? Bonus. They they do good. Uh, but that's kind of normal for dwarves. Dwarves, in general, just have all these bonuses to their constitution. So the Durgar are also known as the Grey Dwarves. And they are basically dwarves that move to the Underdark and turn to evil. Like, I mean, it's not quite that simple, but that's the gist of it. 
Uh, but if you want to get more specific about it, and we do because that's the whole point of this show, it's going to take a little bit longer to explain. No! <laughs> Are you ready for this? Okay, I'm fine. I'm do ready. You, do you have anything to say before I jump into this multiple paragraphed thing I typed out? Did you know that it's illegal to fly a kite in city parks in Toronto? I didn't, but what does that have to do with Dwergar? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> I guess, I guess it kind of does because they don't like fun and flying kites is supposedly fun. I guess it looks nice. Maybe it's like a yoga thing, like a meditation thing. I just can't relate. Oh, I thought you meant like people that do yoga in the park are like, no, I don't want to see those flying, see those kites. flying Maybe it's pieces a meditation of plastic thing. up in the air. Okay. Anyway. Durgar. Durgar. Dwarger. 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 Uh, they used to be regular dwarves, maybe like a little bit more greedy than their dwarven cousins, but regular dwarves. And then they went and pulled a Casa Doom and delved too deep. But what they awoke in the darkness wasn't shadow and flame. It wasn't the Balrog. Durgar awoke the Mind Flayers. No! Uh, mind I'm so flayers. excited. Mind flares are like a whole other thing. And we'll get to mind flares when we get to their entry and get to the letter M in the monster manual. But for now, it's probably enough to say that mind flares are psychic and they are bad news. That's pretty much all you need to know. Bad news bears. If you've ever seen stranger things, you would know. Except they take a lot of liberty with the text. Yeah. A little bit. That's what and by learned. a little bit, I mean, yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so all dwarves live in mountains or in the hills. And although all dwarves uh, like mining, like that is a big part of their identity, they tend to stay relatively close to the surface. Uh, but the Dwergar clan became obsessed with digging deeper, insisting that they were on the verge of discovering some vast wealth of gold and iron. So they kept digging further and further into the Underdark. And the deeper they dug, the more their obsession grew. Uh, eventually, all activity in the clan was put on hold so that every able-bodied dwarf would be able to pick up a shovel and a pickaxe uh, in the search for this great hidden treasure that they insisted was just around the next rock river or whatever. Bend. Just around the river bend. So a ton of the Dwergar clan died during this mining campaign and the bodies were just kind of tossed aside because they were getting in the way of progress. But when the Durgar finally broke through, uh, they didn't find gold or iron. They found mind flares waiting for them. Uh, the mind flares had basically used their psychic powers to brainwash the Dwergar clan and lure them into the depths of the Underdark in order to enslave them. And since dwarves have a naturally high constitution and had the ability to wear off or ward off poisons and other harmful substances, they were ideal subjects for all manners of horrifying experiments. So, I mean, they didn't have a good time. That's not a good life. Wait, why is everything Ferngully? Um, because Ferngully has the one and only lesson you need to know. Don't. Experiment. Don't you put it in your mouth. Wait. Um, <laughs> Don't experiment on living creatures. I guess so. I... Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, but yeah, they basically pulled the exact same thing 
uh, like they did the dwarves in Lord of the Rings did, and they just dug too deep, hence my reference earlier. So uh, if you're more familiar with Lord of the Rings, it's the Mines of Moria. That's what they did to themselves, and it didn't work out for either case. There's a lot of stories about people digging holes too deep and finding something or something bad happening as a result. Yeah, because nobody knows what's down there. As a result, I was terrified of holes. I'm still terrified of holes. They're sinkholes now, but, you know, (laughs) it's valid. Sinkhole opens up under our apartment building. Like, what would we do? We just be living in a sinkhole. I mean, we could probably climb out. How, Kyle? The stairs only go down. Okay, someone will like (laughs) throw down a rope or something. Maybe a helicopter can come save us. Uh, Anyway, eventually, after generations of the Durgar uh, being subjected to slavery and experiments, one of them was able to rise up and uh, lead the Durgar out of the mine flares uh, traps and pits or wherever the frig they kept the dwarves uh his name was ladugor <laughs> i mean like sometimes you're like okay so you just came up with a name that sounds like stupid and it's sometimes you're like why does all of the important duergar names sound kind of like duergar because like there's there's hundreds if not thousands of dwarves in the duergar clan they can't all be a play on duergar Ladurgar, like, like, actually was ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, if so, they made a movie about this, it'd be ludicrous. Yeah, so this dude's name, uh, Ludicrous, was able to make a deal with Asmodeus. Uh, he pledged that the Duergar oh, would Asmodeus. join Asmodeus' fight against Lolf, who, if you remember from the episode about demons, is the queen of the drow and lives in the Underdark. We love, we love her. Asmodeus agreed to help the Duergar, and in this process, Ludacris was given a divine spark, and he became the god of the Durgar. The Durgar managed to overthrow the Mind Flayers and escape. However, when they returned from the Underdark, they found that the other dwarves were less than welcoming to them. The dwarves who worship the god Moradin, like that is their, their all-father, their main god is Moradin, all these other dwarves deemed the Durgar to be heretics because when they went to go see what happened to the Durgar, uh, they found uh, abandoned cities and strongholds. And in that, they found abandoned temples to Moradin. And they decided that if the Durgar would abandon those sacred temples, then they must hold the All-Father in contempt. So they're like, basically, fuck you guys. You abandon your god. And Durgar were like, uh, but no, he abandoned us, and now it's a big fight. Mm. Um, just like real life. Pretty just, much. Wait, what was it I was saying that one episode? Just like modern day America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so being unwelcome in the surface world, uh, the Durgar retreated back to the Underdark, where their hatred for the dwarves and for Moradin, who, like I said, they felt abandoned them in their time of need, grew. And that's where they came to worship ludicrous instead of moradin uh since this is supposed to be slightly more informative i should probably stop calling him ludicrous but also i don't really want to say ladugor anymore yeah it's called ludicrous it's ludicrous from now on guys fight us fight us in the comments fight us (laughs) 
So yeah, uh, get that interaction up. The Duergar and uh, every other dwarf clan are in a constant state of war. Uh, it's not like an all-consuming war. The dwarves are like, hey, we're kind of busy over here. And the Dwergar are kind of like, hey, we're kind of busy over here. But just so you know, we hate each other. And they're always kind of on guard, I guess. The Dwergar are more so on the offense. They are the ones that really bring the fight to the dwarves. They are constantly trying to like tunnel up from underneath and just surprise attack them from the floors of their cities or whatever. I hate when people use dig. Like when Pokemon use dig, unless I'm doing it, hate it. Man, it's so annoying because you're like, yo, I'm going to use one of my five PP moves <laughs> on this guy. And then he digs and you're like, well, okay. So now my one powerful move, I just, come on, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because you miss all the time unless it's earthquake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stats. Strats. Stats. Stats and strats. Stats and strats. That's what you come to this podcast for. But yeah, so their attention is like in other places, but they're always kind of ready for fights. And when fights do happen, they are like bloody. They're relentless. They are they are horrific to watch. The Dwergar in general are very like dour, gloomy, pessimistic, little sad boys most of the time. Their sense of happiness and their appreciation for beauty has been completely driven from them by their enslavement, by the Mind Flayers, and from what they see as Moradin's betrayal. So they're just, they're not fun to be around. Hence their negative charisma. And that's why I was like, yeah, you probably won't be like, oh, they're the strong, silent type. Let's smooch. They'll be like, oh, he's like a grumpy Gus. I don't want anything to do with him. Also a grumpy Gus that will murder you. Grumpy Gus. Uh, so, their main god is Ludacris, um, but I should probably mention that they don't, like, worship him in the common ways you would expect people to worship gods in, like, fantasy settings. Uh, they don't have, like, temples dedicated to them. They don't do festivals in his honor or anything like that. They worship him by acquiring more wealth and power and by following his three rules of conduct, which I'll talk about in a second. Wait, is this Scientology? I mean, it might be. This is Scientology, Kyle. Is Scientology mostly underground? Yeah. Okay, then it's probably exactly Scientology. (laughs) Uh, They have one other deity that they worship, and their their name is Deep Dwera, which is like, guys, come on, Deep Dwera. (laughs) Do you have a better name for Deep Dwera? No. Yeah, me. We can call him Sandeep. Sure. Uh, yeah, we can call him Sandeep, I guess. Deep Dwera. No, you know what? Deep Dwera is too good. Deep Dwera is a pretty good name, but it still does bother me that it's basically Dwergar. Ludacris <laughs> and Deep Dwera. Ludacris feature- featuring Deep, Deep Dwera. Dwera. <laughs> uh, which is kind of true because she's like the secondary god. Uh, she has psionic powers and she was able to steal those powers from the mind flares that had imprisoned her. Wait a second. There are female dwarves? Yeah, I mean, they're all bald. All Dwergar are bald. So all female dwarves or Dwergar are bald, and they all have beards also. Oh. Uh, so you won't... That's very advanced. You won't know the difference. I like that. But they're there. They're there. Can they have babies? Yeah, I mean, how do you think more dwarves come? I don't know, from the ground? <laughs> yeah, fair assumption. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so she stole psionic powers from the mind flayers that enslaved her. And 
uh, legend has it that she was so powerful and had such control over those stolen powers that she was able to overthrow a colony of mind flayers and turn them into her slaves. Um, and then Deep Duera gifted her power to her followers. Because of that gift, and because the Underdark is basically awash with an innate magical power over their years of imprisonment, and then just the fact that they now live down there, the Dwergar have absorbed some of that power for themselves. So they have the ability to increase their size and strength for strong periods of time if they need to, like if they got to move some rocks around, or if they're about to go on the attack in their war against the dwarves, they can like get real big and strong. But they can also become invisible if stealth and escape are necessary. Uh, and all Dwargar have some form of this like innate psionic power that allows them to do these sorts of things. But some of them are way more powerful than others. Some of them, um, you know, can do really crazy things if they wanted to. So that's the Dwergar pantheon. There's, Jesus. <laughs> there's two mortals, two regular dwarves who are raised to divine status for their roles in helping the Dwergar escape from enslavement. So they weren't born gods. They just became gods. Mm, they've been canonized. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned that there are the three rules of conduct. Yes. And that's basically how the Dwergar live their lives. These are them. First, our pockets are never full. Uh, their ambition and greed knows no bounds, oh. and therefore they are never fulfilled or satisfied in anything that they do. Each acquisition uh, leads them to want more. That makes me, I thought maybe they were like, because we're always giving to people. <laughs> no, no, no. They are very self-centered. Oh. Uh, the reason that this is part of it, or this is one of their uh, rules of conduct, is because the story goes that uh, when... Ludacris went to go talk to Asmodeus to get powers. Uh, they tried to like trick him into carrying too much so he couldn't actually leave. But then uh, Ludacris is like, haha, jokes on you. I have magic pockets and I can put as much stuff in it as I want. So that's where that first one came from. Uh, number two, our fight is never done. The more treasure that they acquire, the more land that they take over. Uh, the stronger they need to be to hold on to what they have. Uh, and they use their power to show their enemies that only the strong are worthy of holding land and wealth, and no one is more worthy than the Dwergar. And the third rule of conduct is our resolve is never shaken. So to them, weakness is a sin. Happiness, uh, contentedness, trust are all forbidden. I'm triggered. <laughs> Uh, because you were late? I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel exposed, and I don't know how I'm going to move forward from this. Yeah, I don't know. I can't help you there. Because happiness is not allowed, Kyle. <laughs> uh, the Dwergar society is held together by a rigid adherence to societal roles. Cooperation is seen as a necessity to survival in the Underdark, um, but they wouldn't cooperate if it wasn't for that. Like they, it's all about the in individual. The, uh, they believe that the epitome of Dwergar society is reached, uh, with a complete abandonment of emotion and individuality in the sense that they, they need each other, but also like not in a nice way. And that's most of what you need to know about the Dwergar. I mean, there's, it's probably way more than you need to know about the Dwergar. 
Uh, I mean, normally we just stick to the monster manual, but I actually took a bunch of this out of Morgenkainen's Tome of Foes because, I mean, I think some of the extended stuff makes the Dwergar a lot more interesting instead of just, ah, oh, they're sad dwarves from the dark place. Sad like, dwarves from the dark place. I mean, that's cool, I guess, but I think it's it's uh, it's nice to ha- give them a bit of a history to make them make a little bit more sense in the world. Uh, I left out a lot of things, though, uh, so you're welcome. Like, I didn't talk about their strongholds, <laughs> but I think, like... I, that's something that's more campaign dependent anyway. Like, I don't think knowing the exact layout of a Dwergar stronghold is necessary to running a campaign. Like, you don't need to know exactly what's in there. Uh, and you're probably going to end up changing it anyway if you put it in your games. And then if we really wanted to get into the intricacies of Dwergar society, you'd have to do, like, a deep dive into Dwarven lore as well. Uh, like, focusing on their religion, their relationships, and, like, all of the other places that they exist in the world and in the multiverse. Like you would have to cover Greyhawk dwarves and Dragonlance dwarves and Forgotten Realm. And like, it's a whole friggin' thing that isn't like, it just takes us further and further away from what we needed to know about Dwergar. Like everything else is extra fluff. Everything we talked about is enough that you can stick them in your campaigns. And if you want to learn more, I mean, it's easy, you know, it's easy if you try. Um, Okay. Rating? I mean, no, they're not friends. No, they're not friends. Uh, I thought maybe they were charitable. No. No. The thing is, like, it's not really their fault that they're as evil as they are. So I don't think, like, they are beyond redemption or whatever. Uh, So I think maybe individual Dwergar could end up being friends. But, like, as a general rule, like, no. Like, they're not going to be nice to you. But also, I mean, they're kind of just mad because... They've been experimented on. They were experimented on. They're like, their happiness was literally sucked out of them by the mind flares. In there. And then when they went back to get help from their cousins and their friends, their cousins and friends were like, no, fuck you. And they're like, okay, but hold on though. We had some things go down and they were like, I don't care. So like. That sounds like a uh, YP. Your problem. Yeah. Not an MP. Wait. MP. My problem. Exactly. So yeah, they're not friends. I I don't think they're uh, necessarily fiends Mm -hmm. all the way through. Um, But yeah, they're not friends. Yeah, I agree. So I have a question. We are not even halfway done. Not even close to halfway done the monster manual. No. Is there a monster that you've like felt seen by? Have you been like, wow, that I relate. I mean, I had the Banshee. About these sad dwarves with their sad sack nonsense. Um, I don't know. So far, so far, not really. I don't think. Interesting. I don't think any of them have like really spoken to me or been like, ah, that's like. Well, I'm sure we'll get to something where I'm like, oh, that is an extreme exaggeration of one of my character traits. Oops. Oops. But I don't think we've gotten there yet. All right, we'll get there. We'll find someone. We'll find someone for you, Kyle. Um, Never mind, I'll find some monster for you. But yeah, probably one of them will be me, and it'll be bad. Why, do you think there's one that that is me yet? No, no, not at all. I was just asking. It's a personal question, really. I can't make that decision for you. Maybe the dinosaurs... Yeah, because you're old. Because I'm old and I can only make references to things from centuries ago. 
yeah, that's okay. You're fine. You're doing okay there. Just, <laughs> just get you listening to some modern music, some top 100. Hey, I listen to modern stuff. Modern music. All right. Uh, well, thanks for tuning into our podcast, your number one source for stats and strats. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that you said that. That's definitely going to become our that's our, our closer now. I guess. Yeah. Stats and strats. Thanks for tuning into Monster Friends, your number one place on the internet for stats and strats. Groovy. <laughs> uh, guess what? What? That's the end of the letter D. No more D's. No more D's. Next time we come back, we'll oh, be on the letter elves? E. Uh, no, we're not doing elves. Okay. I mean, you'll see. I will. Have a good one, guys. Later, everybody. We'll be back next week with another episode of We Have Dark Vision. But in the meantime, why not swing by our website, wehavedarkvision.com, or follow us on Instagram at wehavedarkvision, or Twitter at darkvisioncast. 